going on everybody welcome to down and out the sports and entertainment podcast taking the world by storm dom tibbets alongside evan ryer two sports quote-unquote professionals giving our best shot at the world of podcasting but we like to have fun keep things loose and a lot to get to today but as always start off every show shouting out the boys it's jd masters and buddha man the mirror our intro outro music you just heard go show them some love youtube soundcloud anywhere you stream your music anywhere you stream our podcasts like spotify apple google stitcher you'll find our boys jd masters and buddha friends of the program friends of ours happy fifth day of october Evan, we are spooky, spooky time getting real. I'm actually very excited for Halloween this year because I think I have a good costume. Uh, I'm going to save that for later in the month when we can talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to Halloween. But you know why I love, love October? And I'm so happy that you've become a baseball fan in recent years here, Ev, is because October baseball, October baseball is just so, so fantastic. Don't, Don't doubt the kid. I promise you, it's all going to make sense. My, my yeah, senseless no, rambling I, will make sense. I promise you, I folks. To, I, had to, I, had to, I had to wait that <laughs> one out. No, no. Uh, I, uh, it, is, it is one of those feelings that, you know, is uh, it, there's, a, there's a crisp, you know, chill in the air at night. You know, there's uh, – but you, but you can still walk around in comfortable clothes. You can still, you know, kind of maybe do something with your day. And then, yes, at night, October baseball, man, it really, it really is nice. Uh, once you feel that it's so um, sick when I'm looking at like on the ESPN schedules like last night I was just running through some things like and I uh, and, you know we'll get into our first big story of the night here but I was looking at the Yankee schedule in the last game that they play tonight and then the next game is the the playoff slated game in the ALDS and I'm like oh baby it's back and you know what though it, it, this is again it's the beautiful thing about it, it's it's the bright light in the what was otherwise a very poor season for the Angels is that I have no I have no pressure on me. I get to simply just enjoy playoff caliber baseball and that has been a blessing that the Angels have given me. Uh, it'd be nice to see the Angels in there for once. But you know what, though? It's stress-free baseball. Can't say the that for you necessarily, Ev, but going about the Yankees first, let's just get it out of the way. Aaron Judge, 62 home runs. Roger Morris's record. He did it. It is wild that, you know, all the home run uh, races of, like, the early 2000s and 90s and stuff were all in the NL. I, I never really dawned on me that, you know, I mean, Aaron Judge, you know, this isn't just, you know, 60, like, one to beat Yankees, right? Like, this is the AL record, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yep. it's, it's kind of just wild that, you know, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and, and Barry Bonds were, were all in the NL racking up those numbers and no one in the AL was doing it. But, but um, yeah, I mean, congrats to, to Judge. I mean, he is... I, you know, I on this podcast I've discussed, you know, that I I have a soft spot for the Yankees, and I think part of that is having a soft spot for Aaron Judge. I mean, he's just a, you know, he's he's a completely different ball player than you know the majority of what you see. You know, there's plenty of big hitters in the MLB, but he makes guys like I don't know Joey Gallo look like 
pedestrian. Like he is just just everything about him and the way he swings the bat is uh, is is insanely freaking cool. And 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 he deserves this. I mean, this is a guy that you know too has kind of put up with some pretty incompetent Yankees organization stuff. Oh, I, I, I think let's, let's not even sugar. Let's call it bullshit. Let's call it bullshit. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's been, it has not been ideal in that sense. And there's a reason why he's, you know, probably maybe still going to go, you know, going to leave, uh, leave the Yankees organization after the season. Um, but I mean, Hey, you know, I don't know if there's another ballpark in which you can hit 62 home runs like he did. Although, he did hit uh, number sixty-two in uh, at Globe uh, Globe Life Field, I guess, in uh, in 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 Texas uh, last night, and um, seems like there was a ton of celebrities there. I didn't realize how many people were going to be down there, but like Micah Parsons was at the game, like all different people were, uh, you know, uh, attending. So. Oh, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, where were you when Aaron Judge hit sixty-two? Right? Like I right. saw that all over Twitter, and obviously, if you're somebody who can afford the means to go to that game, even if like. You know, let's just say you and I were down in Texas. I absolutely went, you know, on a night off, like on a Tuesday, like I was yesterday. I've been like, hey, Ab, what are we doing to get to this game? You know, like yeah. what are it, – it's, it's something you want to be in. And, and like that, that is – you know, I'm not like Ev. I don't have the, the, the soft spot for the Yankees. I, I hate the Yankees. I, I really don't like Aaron Judge that much. But to be fair – that is a moment that is super, super. As a baseball purist, that is very, very cool. I mean, to yeah. to be able to say that in 2022, the twenty the 22nd year of this this new millennia, we have gotten to witness history, and yeah, we I, and, and 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 you were a part of every all the memes and everything about it, and we got to see it progress from year. You know that 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 is something I will always be able to say like, oh, that's cool. Like my like our dad's getting to watch. During the '90s, right, like the the insane home run races in the NL. This is kind of like our little payoff. Yeah, and I mean the to you know I, I understand both sides of um of the people that were both complaining and urging ESPN to show the show number sixty two. I'm so happy that that conversation is over. Um, that was probably my least favorite part of Twitter the past like week or two is both people complaining like. Both people talking about it, but also complaining about it. Like I, I, I honestly like. Don't be wrong. Like I get it. If you're watching your favorite college football team play, you're not really trying to get that cut into by Aaron Judge. I totally understand. But, but at the same time, it's like we live in a day and age in which this technology is accessible. You know, I I watch sports because I I want to be entertained. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. watching a dude break a. <laughs> excuse me, hundred year old record or whatever it is, is pretty damn entertaining in my eyes. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing too, Dom. I don't know. You know, sixty two home runs is what everyone's going to focus on. Three eleven batting average, four twenty five OBP, six eighty six slugging, one point one OPS, two one one OPS plus. Remember, on OPS plus, if you have a hundred, you are considered to be average. Got Aaron Judge's highest previous OPS plus was 170. He's at 211 right now. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it is really, really nuts. I so mean, how does he not like? My question is, is you know, because we we it, it, through this home run conversation we've had with Aaron Judge, nobody is talking about how he is the surefire MVP candidate in the in the in the AL. The only person that I've ever heard that can come into that category is Shohei. You know, I I I I I love Shohei. I would love to see my guy win it back to back, right? But 
Aaron Judge just set a monster record. Like wh- wh- I don't know. I don't know a world where Aaron Judge doesn't win the MVP race. And maybe that's just why they're not talking about it. It's because it's like, okay, it's a pretty much bona fide decision here. We're just ready to watch this guy make history. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's got to be a given. Um, you know, last year it was tough on Vladdy because Vladdy had his insane season. But, you know, Shohei had, you know, what I would say was a better overall year than the year he and had. You know what's crazy? Yeah, the Shohei kind of had a better year this year than he did last year. So, like, that's about- why that's kind of why people are giving that argument. But but I, with that being said, though, I I fully expect this to go to Aaron, the, the MVP award to go to Aaron Judge. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, the reason why Shohei's year this year, though, you know, not as many home runs, but I mean, still hitting the ball great. His OPS has dropped a good, you know. There's enough drop though. I mean, and again, his pitching has been just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, two point three five ERA. I mean, no, his, is, his, he's he's been lights out almost on yeah. the mound. See, that that, yeah. that is what people have really turned to. But in terms of his batting, I mean, yeah, he's got he's got his home run totals, and I'd have to go back and look at the the, the splits from last season I think his numbers like you said are a little down and I think his home run count is right about where it was last year so you know you're basing if you were to give Shohei the award you're literally just putting the weight on the fact that he's uh, a two-way player and you have to give him the pitching set well and in that case it's like well how does Shohei Shohei Otani not win the MVP award every single season because like nobody else in the AL is going to be able to compete with that yeah I think I think in this case you know, I, I feel like it has to go to Judge. I mean, just just don't me wrong. Like Shohei has had another great, phenomenal season, but you know, I think you know, kind of the logic among athletes has always been that if you're going to win MVP back to back, you either have to have an insane power gap in that second season, mm-hmm. or you have to blow away your previous stats to, or not blow away, but considerably considerably step up. Um, and I think Shohei has done that on a pitching sense. I don't know if he's necessarily done that so much on uh, the hitting sense. I think he's just been just as good. So, yeah, well, it'll be an interesting conversation. I am going to remain in the judge camp on this one. Um, I think uh, – I'll join I you. I will too. It, but Obviously, I'm not going to be upset, but, you know, but I'll, I'll join you in that camp as well. It's just – I mean, it's just a stupid, dumb season. I mean, really, no one – we haven't – I mean – 60 home runs, you know, I think I don't think people really thought that 60 to 70 was a number range that people were going to hit anymore after, you know, the the steroid era. So, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's just absurd and uh congratulations to him. Congratulations to the fan who caught the ball who has said that they're not going to publicly say what they're doing with the ball yet. Um me and Dom have talked about this in the past. Uh, this guy seems like he's uh, mulling his options and trying to cash out. Yeah, so, I, and uh, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter that people are trying to like put this guy in a box, like, oh, he's like a, a millionaire, like executive for some financial company in Texas or wherever, wherever the heck he works. Like he doesn't need the money. Well, he caught the ball, folks. He can do whatever he wants. I'm sorry, like he he can do whatever he wants with the ball. I don't yeah, know. I don't is- know what he wants to do, but like let's not let's not just like because this guy is well off and he's worked. Maybe I don't know this guy's life story, so I don't want to say like, oh he's worked harder he was given everything but just because you, you have a little bit of money and you, you know you have a job that provides doesn't mean he's like he's obligated to give this ball away to charity mm-hmm. no that's uh that's I, I i'm in agreement with you uh dom you know and and i am a person that is uh you know conscious of like okay what's someone's financial background whatever but yeah in this scenario it's it's a ball getting caught at a baseball game i don't know 
really you know how you can you can make it more about that other thing. it was it was a it, it wasn't like it was like a big muff scramble on the ground i mean judge judge got it over the wall but if you go back look at that replay judge hit it to the first row of people sitting beyond the bullpen so it's not like he put that deep into left field where it's like you have a hundred people converging you know that's where th- things can get dangerous and then you start wondering like oh did he like did he punch a kid in the in the kidney to get this ball or something like that no i like i watched a replay you know they don't zoom in on him but he he just he reached across and caught it with his glove, and you know, let's 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 let the let's let the guy have a day. All right, congratulations to that fan. I, I'm I, I'd be ecstatic. Like I wouldn't I would not know what to do either. I'd probably call a lawyer because I'd be clueless on what else to do. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess I need it, to get it, representation. It, if he is rich, then really what you should do is just say, okay, look, I'm rich. I don't need like fifty grand for this ball. I need like like access that I can't just get because I'm rich, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I want on field Yankees passes, you know, or I want, you know, whatever it is. Um but uh yeah, nope, that's uh that's very interesting. Simultaneously Dom at the same night, um America's team, the Atlanta Braves, uh clinched the NL East. You know, I'll do it. Round of applause, round of applause for the Braves. Ten and a half games back. <laughs> Ten and a half games back in May. And uh, the Braves <laughs> ate that up like it was uh, a damn Chick-fil-A uh, uh, number one meal with a half-sweet, half-unsweet tea. That's what I order, always order. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was – that is just such a good feeling. Really, I mean, I've said, you know, this season, Braves fans don't really care as long as the Mets don't win the division. And here and, we are. And here we are. Uh, Dom, you're the one who had faith in the Mets metsing it up. I was convinced, I think if you go back and listen, you know, to some episodes in June slash May, I was convinced that the Braves weren't going to run them down. You know, I was, I was kind of saying, yeah, I just don't think this Braves team has You're welcome. You're welcome. They're dropping games. Call me an, Connor, call me an honorary Braves fan for the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I'll join the tribe. I'll I'll do the, I'll do the chop with you guys every time they pull (laughs) someone. And, uh, and so, you know, I, uh, I, I, I genuinely did think that the Mets were going to run away with it. The Mets are still a very good team. You know, they're going to win 100 games or whatever. And, and uh, they're, they, you know, it's, they have won 100 games. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's great for them. But, man, yeah, just such a good feeling to Well, uh, you, you just can't, like, if you're the, like, the reason why I always, I'm, I'm always going, unless proof, Prove to me otherwise, New York Mets. I'm always going to bet the Mets to Mets things up because you go back to that that three-game series y'all just played against each other where the Braves swept. If you want to win the NL East title, you do not get swept in that situation. You do not... You do not throw Jacob DeGrom and Scherzer in your starter and get swept. You you That's on you, New York. DeGrom that is, is on- in a... DeGrom is in a weird place right now because his last four or five starts have been not good and or well they're they've been fine. They've been MLB like, you know, average starter good, but you know, he's giving up a few runs a game right yeah, now. Yeah. That's not yep. what you expect out of him. But uh, you know, and, and to respect to the Braves too cuz I don't I don't want to put this is not on this is not solely on the Mets doing Mets things and blowing this. Yeah. Let's let's call it what it is. The Braves were at one point of 
let's go back two years ago. They were a dumpster fire. I mean, it, the Atlanta Braves organization had had some some momentum, but I mean, you guys were a sub five hundred team, and at one point, a lot of head scratching at what's going on. I mean, you lost one of your top executives, and he became the general manager of the Angels. Well, I guess everything worked out for the Braves because he's not doing his job in LA. The Braves have gone off and, and won a World Series, and now when it matters the most, I've never I I don't. It's been a long time, and I would probably have to equivalent this to the mid-2010 Texas Rangers teams just because I was able to watch them because they were in the same division as the Angels. In in terms of teams who have been able to turn it on after the All-Star break and especially just absolute kick-ass in the month of September, it's like it's the Braves and the Cardinals of last season. Like the Braves have just yeah. cruised in the late half of the season these past over the last two years. So much res- let's just call it what it is. That's where like seventy percent of the respect should go is to the Braves. The other thirty is just the classic comedy skit that is the New York Mets being the Mets. But the Braves are very very good when the pressure is on and when the situation matters. Yeah, this is a team that's been there and done that. You know, I mean. Um, you know, after just the depressing, um, you know, you go up three one on the Dodgers, you know, in the 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 fake uh, the the fake you know MLB postseason in twenty twenty, you go up three one on the Dodgers in the NLCS and you blow it. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, there's some I think some organizations, some franchises uh, that just would never recover from that. As in, like they would have not gone to the postseason the next year, you know, and stuff like that. But this team is this team is has been built different and is is continuing to be built different. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, now it's now you're just kind of playing with house money if you're Atlanta. Um, the MLB postseason picture is set. Um, a lot of, uh, of fun stuff this year. You know, I actually think that this is probably, you know, a more entertaining postseason picture than maybe what we've seen in the past few years. One, the Seattle Mariners are in the postseason for the first time in, you know, two decades. Very I, pumped that about rocks. that. Yep. Uh, Mariners, Mariners Blue Jays is going to be a lot of fun. That's a, that's a great wild card series on the AL end. Yep. And I also think that the other one is going to be really fun too. The Guardians and Rays are, you know, the Rays are a team that, you know, have have been like, man, are they a World Series team the past two or three years? And they've fallen short just about every time. Yeah. But but the Guardians, you know, kind of were a team that, I mean, at the beginning of the season, Dom, I think if you said the Cleveland Guardians are going to win the division and, you know, and be the host for the wild card series – you would have been like, I think you're you're a little. No, I, I would have been, I would have been like, I think you forgot of that the Chicago White Sox are in that division, but here we are. You know, like yeah. it's just a twist of fate. And the Twins. Yeah, but what you know, the the you got to remember the Guardians are a team that has long, long been trying to prove. I mean, they were up three one on the Chicago Cubs in in the in the 2016 yeah, World Series. Geez. I mean, the 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 baseball world. I remember talking about this one of my college professors, my first year when I got to Ithaca. Uh, my advisor, actually, he uh, he's a he's from Cleveland. Huge, you know, this is when they were the Indians, but you know, he's a huge Guardians fan to this day. He, you picked any other team in the NL besides the Cubbies who had not who hadn't won it, you know, in over 108 years. Everybody in the world's pulling for the Guardians, but he knew. And you know, baseball gods were on the Cubs side, and the Guardians have now been chasing that opportunity to get back in there. And the Rays, while a World Series champion during the you know, during the COVID year, uh, 
very very much a team where it's always been like well there it's been a high and low in the playoffs so it's yeah I, I think there's a lot of ex- playoff experience and a lot more of um more of a lot to prove in that series so I would actually agree with you very much so I almost talent wise the Mariners Blue Jays wildcard series way more fascinating but situational wise Rays Guardians is going to absolutely fucking rock Whoever uh, wins that Rays Guardians game will be taking on the Yankees, and then whoever wins uh, Blue Jays uh, uh, Mariners takes on the Strohs. Which, um, man, the Strohs look like a wagon again as usual. I hate usual. them. I hate them um, so much. And uh, so the, stupid. the Yankees, the Yankees have kind of fallen like out of momentum. Like they're not like the insane. You know, they they were. I mean, their their first half of the season was just absolutely bonkers. Um, they've they've kind of fallen away from that. Um, but but still, I mean, the Yankees ought to be in good shape playing, you know, a divisional opponent that they've had success with this year or, you know, playing a Guardians team that they should feel like that they're better than. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking personally, I'm thinking I would don't me wrong. I want the Mariners to have the Cinderella story and everything, but I'm thinking the Blue Jays do get out of there, uh, do get out of that series. Uh, and then I am actually going to take the Rays over the Guardians. Uh, on the other end as well, so uh, okay. it's a very AL East, um, uh, you know, ALDS uh, three AL East teams um, in the ALDS for me. Um, Dom, you know, what are you thinking for Rays Guardians and then uh, Mariners Blue? I I actually think the uh, the listeners are going to love this one. I'm I'm in the opposite mindset of you. I, I'm taking the Guardians out of out of the Rays Guardians series, and I will actually take the Mariners. I'm going to nice. ride the Mariners' wave. Uh, I, I, yep, I do. I very much, very much am believing in the Mariners' wave. When we get to the ALDS, we'll have that conversation uh, come next week because I'm not very. I, I don't want to admit that the Astros are probably going to win the, the the pennant again this year. So I hope there's something that convinces me after the wild card that I can say like, oh, the Mariners are going to pull off this upset. We'll see, you know. But that's uh, we we are in the opposite mindset on the on the wild card. So either way, you know what? I don't care about being right or wrong here. I just want good baseball and that's what we're going to get there yep uh same here and then uh on the other end now that the braves have locked up the nl east that uh that means they get to uh skip the wild card series uh sending the mets to it instead who have to play the san diego padres that's not really that's that's not i'll tell you what cotton that's not fun that's not yeah. fun to do in October. Fun, fun, fun for the Braves, not fun for the Mets. Uh, Starts rubs hands together like a villain. Yeah, Wouldn't it be I mean, funny if the Braves win the NL East and then the Mets have to host the Padres in the wild card? <laughs> it would have been. It would actually been more funny if the 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 Mets had choked so bad they had to go to San Diego. Uh, I see. Yeah, all, yeah. But no, that would, that would have been extra funny. But I mean, that's the thing, Dom, is that you know you're talking about the evil villain rubbing his hands, like. So that's like trap door number one is like, haha, like you're you're having to flay the Padres now. Trap door number two is, oh, you beat the Padres. Well, enjoy an NLDS against the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> who, who have won who have won a bajillion games this year <laughs> yeah, who, who, who have, who the suffering for Mets fans just does not end oh it's my very God. brutal whoever whoever had to go to the wildcard series uh, was going to be in a tough spot and the Mets certainly are um, and then uh, the other wildcard series in the NL is uh, the Cardinals and the Phillies uh, the winner of that will take on the Braves um, I am I'll say right away I think the Cardinals probably just 
immediately dump truck the Phillies. Like, yeah, I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm not going to make it suspenseful. I'm there. I'm with you on that. The the Phillies are are pretty good. Like, don't get it twisted. I mean, they've won 87 games. Like, they deserve to be in this position. But, um, and I I mean, the Cardinals have only won six more games this season or whatever. But I just think that the Cardinals overall just have a much better team, a truly insane bullpen um, that mm-hmm. I don't think any team really wants to deal with. Uh, you have to score on the Cardinals in the first five kind yeah. of right now, or you're not gonna you're not gonna score. So um, I'm taking the Cardinals there, and I will take the Mets over the Padres uh, against uh, against you know my my hopes and desires. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on the Cardinals. And, and because I, I rode the wave with the Mariners, what I'm going to ride, I'm riding a wave with the Cardinals. And that's being this like incredible story of like, let's let's see if Yachty and, and Albert can like go out on some sort of a high note. I, 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 I don't see a world where they win the where they where they win the NL pennant. I just I think that's a little too that would be a miracle. Uh, I, I would love to know what the Vegas odds are for the Cardinals to win the pennant right now because it's got to be uh, a, a miraculous amount of money that you could possibly win if that were to come to fruition. So, but I, I will take the Cardinals there and Padres. I don't. It's it's so tough because like the Mets. You're right. They're the better team. They're they are they should win this. They're at home to start it off. They'll have the home field advantage. But man. I don't know what it is about the Padres. Maybe it's just because I like seeing the Mets lose that I want to take the Padres. But I'm I'm gonna I'll keep it vanilla. I'll take the Mets with you there too. So we'll lock an agreement for the NL. But I I, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong so bad on the Padre Mets series. Heard. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a uh, it's been a very fun baseball season. You know, it's uh it's always kind of one of those things where it, it becomes a slog about halfway through, but. Really, the past month or two has been um, has been pretty exciting down the stretch. You know, with all these different storylines, whether it's uh, you know Judge or or Albert Pujols, who now has I think seven oh four. I mean, he's just continuing to rack him up. If you let that dude play two more seasons, he might break the record. That's I mean, what really. I'm. I'm like, I kind of want to be like, hey, Albert, what if you didn't retire? retire. You know, what if you just keep going? Because I think you could do it. But um. But if but, but if Tom uh, Brady and, and Giselle told us told us anything that sometimes you got to hang it up when you know you got to hang it up because. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he goes out with a twenty plus <laughs> home run season, you know, and, and 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 all this, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a very memorable year. This is about as good as it gets, and who knows? Shit, they go and do some damage in the um in the uh, NL postseason picture. Um, let's just let's let's say Ev. This is what our, this is really where I hope the Atlanta Braves are a world class organization. If the Cardinals beat the Phillies, they're gonna go. They'll play Atlanta. Let's just say the Braves pull it off three four whatever uh, five whatever. I would love for the Braves to step up because this, if if they clinch it in Atlanta, give Yachty and Albert a horse, and you let them ride off into the left field bullpen on the same horse together playing like my heart will go on by Celine Dion as they leave together. I, I need, I need, I need the Yachty and Albert like ro- romance to come to an absolute pinnacle when they lose, let them ride off in the sunset and get that first ballot hall of fame honor together. Well, as a self-described Yachty hater, uh, I'm down to give Albert the horse and then we can just like tie Yachty to the horse <laughs> with a rope. That's right. I um, forgot you are a Yachty hater. For I, I, I'm a self-described, self-proud, uh, proud, proud uh, Yachty hater. Um, 
Dom, is there any other baseball stuff that we are supposed to talk about today? Uh, I, I meant to throw this in real quick when we were talking about Otani and the uh, – in the uh, discussion there, but uh, for those who didn't see, Shohei Otani is going to remain an angel for one more year, so sorry to the rest of the MLB. You probably aren't going to see Shohei Otani in a postseason in 2023, so apologies already, but Angel signed onto a one-year $30 million deal, the highest deal ever for an arbitration-eligible player. Um, I don't know what the long-term future is. I don't know I, 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 you know, we're, we're in the midst of trying to sell the team and, uh, I, and P- Perry's job as the GM, it seems like it's, it's, it's secured for another season or two, but I just don't know, but at least, you know, there, there's some sort of hope and, you know, Mike Trout after the, the final game last, last, uh, last night in Texas, well, second to last game said, you know, this isn't, this isn't acceptable. This isn't the standard. Uh, this is not where we want to be, and there's nothing great about this. Like, great, I'm happy that he recognizes that, but like, I don't know what's going to be done to help him. Certainly, signing Shohei to uh, one more year with him will certainly maybe help help in that aspect. But I, I just I feel bad if you know the world gets deprived of you know the world's already been deprived of Mike Trout being playing October baseball. I would hate to see the world deprived of Shohei Otani playing meaningful October baseball. So hopefully the Angels get it together. But otherwise, congratulations, Shohei. Go get that bag. Young King, I love you. Uh, and that's really it for me, Ev. So I think we can uh, send it to the cash grab if you're all set. And then we come back with a little football. Yeah, that sounds uh, real, real nice. Well, fantastic, folks. We'll be right back. We're going to go to the cash grab, make some moolah. When we come back, NFL, college football, wrap up the show. It's been fun. It's been real. And don't worry, that's just a joke. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Ten and our turns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half down and out underway. We begin with the NFL. We're in. A, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, we recorded last week on a Saturday. So very cool. We got some London games in. Ev uh, Vikings pull offs uh, a late game heroic against the Saints. Uh, we'll talk about our teams. Real quick here, just recapping everything. Bills, 17-point comeback, largest comeback since 2011. 17-point uh, deficit. We're at one point down 20-3, to but we come back in the second half and uh, pull pull it off. Uh, we went into halftime 20-10. to Very, 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 very happy to see, you know, because the storyline coming into that game with the Bills was like, 
Okay, Sean McDermott and the Bills can murder teams, win by 14 points plus, but they cannot win one-score ball games. They cannot win close games. Well, there it is. That that helps the narrative a little bit. It doesn't fix the narrative. It just helps because now they're 1-7 in their last eight one-score ball games. So still by no means a great record, but at least we start getting that hump of our back. I will say one thing, though. Uh, and, and Leslie Frazier actually talked about this on his Monday press conference. The Buffalo Bills are an absolute Lamar Jackson stopper. You know, Lamar is going to get his, but that second-half performance from Lamar, I mean, he was flustered. He was just had nothing. And you go back to the last time these two had played, it was that AFC Divisional in 2020 when Lamar threw that pick six to Taron Johnson when he returned at 101 yards to to pretty much seal up the the Divisional round. I, it's, it is pretty amazing to me to watch how great this defense is at stopping one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm very, very pumped with that win. It's it's a great sign of, you know, the Bills kind of rebounding after a tough Miami Miami game the week prior. And we'll get to follow that up with a beautiful home game, one o'clock kickoff here in, in Orchard Park against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have all things pointed to, they're starting Kenny Pickett. So the Bills yeah, are going to fun. get a rookie quarterback. No, it's about time. Um, I uh, it's uh, it's someone with two. Uh, I don't know. Don't ask me why they're on my team, but it's someone with uh, two pass catchers from the Steelers on my fantasy team. I would love for uh, for Kenny Pickett to uh, come in and and start throwing dimes. Uh, one quick note, Dom. That uh, that loss to the Bills. It's the second three score lead or bigger that the uh, Ravens have forfeited you know, forfeited mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. in a loss this season, which God damn, that's gotta be, uh, no, I mean, be- it's tough. I mean, cause you had the, my, you blew the Miami game and then obviously this Buffalo one, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is with the Ravens. You know, their defense is not great. The past secondary yeah. is not fantastic. Uh, you know, conditions weren't great. I mean, it was raining very heavily in the second half. My boss told me when he was there. It's something that you can't really notice that well on TV. But the rain was coming down pretty hard. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what it is with the Ravens, man. They just, like, something, something's got to give soon, you know? And it's because Lamar can't hold the team together himself. You know, he can't play both sides of the ball. And this defense cannot get the job done in the second half. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's definitely a, um, it's definitely a, a bit of a concern. I mean, they, you know, they, they, uh, they, you know, they can score as much as they want. You know, Lamar can have his best season yet. But um, the difference between, you know, some of those Ravens teams a couple of years ago when Lamar was first balling out, and now is that those Ravens defenses were considered to be pretty solid. Um, that's not clearly not the case anymore, and, and a bit of concern for them. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see if uh, how Kenny Pickett does. I mean, the Bills' defense is a tough test, but I know you guys are also pretty banged up. So, you know, he uh, he may have some opportunities, I what, guess. Well, I think the, the thing that I, I – it just it all depends because we've had – we've uh, I think Sal Capaccio brought up the stat. The Bills have been kind of wishy-washy with – you would think like, oh, a, a defense as good as Buffalo's just absolutely eat at first year quarterbacks like rookies. That's not always the case. 
Uh, one of the bigger storylines you probably remember from last season, Ev, is that really crappy New England game in Buffalo where the wind was 60 mile an hour one way, but then if you were going the other way, you had the wind to your back. That was that game Matt Jones beat the Bills defense. Uh, beat the Bills defense. Um, Sam Darnold, I believe, won his first start against the Bills. Uh, it, it's, it's either you're going to do well, against Buffalo or you're going to completely shit the bed because when the Bills defense has silenced first year quarterbacks in their first start it it has been uh, an absolute thumping but if you can find a little bit of success you know that's the thing because you you don't have a lot of pro film I mean the the Bills have one half of Kenny Pickett in the NFL to equivalent on and that that's that's not easy to prepare for so and you know energy's high and you so maybe that is what I would say because Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, still kind of a question mark on that defensive interior. Anybody who owns Najee Harris and their fantasy teams, you better be starting that motherfucker. J.K. Dobbins made mincemeat of that Bills defense on Sunday. Start Najee Harris and expect him to have a big day. I would absolutely yeah, expect Najee to be to uh, to do very well on Sunday. There's some uh, fantasy uh, football advice. Uh, meanwhile, as Dom mentioned, uh, you know, on uh, while while the Bills got a uh, a very nice win, uh, the Jags uh, cooled down a little bit. Um, they uh, went to Philadelphia and uh, uh, lost 29 to 21. You know, not a you know, uh, bad score by any means, but when you lead the game 14 to zero after like eight minutes, um, you really, really. Uh, want to win and the Jags did not do that uh, kind of had just a offensive meltdown um, after the first quarter um, Man, that, was and, tough. Uh, that was tough so, to see Trevor play like that yeah I mean it's uh, it's insane you know to lose four fumbles in a game I mean that's uh, you know that's that was really really tough I mean and you know you could say it was it was raining like a mofo at that game I don't know if you saw any of the highlights Dom but but uh, it was absolutely pouring to the point where they had to consider postponing slash like you know uh delaying the game um but trevor was the only one really you know dropping balls consistently out there so uh that that really sucks but but you know i mean if your quarterback turns it over five times and you lose by eight to you know the only undefeated team in the nfl i you don't feel too bad but you think of what could have been so that's really all i've got to say about it we move on we've got the texans this week you know you can feel good about you know probably getting a bounce back win at home against yep. them go get um, right game Dom, the NFL postseason picture is pretty interesting right now. Uh, you know, we're only a quarter of the way through the season or slightly less than a quarter of the way, but, you know, 17 games makes it difficult to, to get on that actual quarter. Um, as I mentioned, the Philadelphia Eagles, top of the NFC, only undefeated team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. However, number one team in the AFC is the Dolphins. They're not just the number one team in the a- in the in 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 the uh, AFC East. They're the number one team in the AFC period, yep. um, due to you know tiebreakers and stuff, which is uh, pretty wild. Uh, the Chiefs are second, and then the Jags are third. Uh, currently still leading the AFC South with a two and two record. The Browns lead the AFC North with a two and two record, uh, and no Deshaun. Um, so, I mean. Really, uh, just you know, it kind of a kind of you know, not necessarily you know surprising to see the the Chiefs, of course, but Jags, Browns, Dolphins being you know division leaders after four weeks is uh, 
probably not the expectation. I just thought of this is like like if you were to put all thirty because I think there is an NFL monopoly. If you were to put like play the NFL monopoly game like and you kept it up pretty currently like the Chiefs, the Bills. And probably the Cowboys, since they cost so much money, are all on like Park Avenue spaces, you know. Yeah, but, or, yeah, Broadway the, or whatever. The, the the Jags, the Browns, and the Dolphins are like and the green ones when you first start oh, the yeah. game, like that. And it's like, how are these people? How are this? How are these organizations at the top? But I mean, that's just it, you know, the victim of circumstance. And hey, it, Evan, if you had told me too, the Kansas City Chiefs are three and one, and their only loss so far this season was to the Colts. Is why they're not undefeated. I would have been also like, are you kidding me? The Colts are yeah, awful. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it, we are looking very, very early at this, folks, and we get that. But it is like, it, take a picture of this, like, go to, you know, ESPN, CBS, whatever sports site you want to, take a picture of this, of, of this playoff bracket. Because as bad as they've started the season, F, if the playoff started today, the Tennessee Titans would be in there. Like, what? Yeah. It's it's bananas. It's the New York Jets are ninth with two and two. If they had won one more game, the Jets would be in the playoffs. Like I can't I can't pull my brain around this. It is I, I don't know what the next four to five weeks look like as as buys start to happen for some teams. But I, I'm all about this chaos. I, I don't expect the Dolphins to be hanging around there very long. Uh, you know, they, they they have the tiebreaker over the Bills in the division, obviously, because of the fact that uh, they beat the Bills. But yeah, the AFC pitcher could very well. I think it's going to get very top heavy in that one to three spot. Maybe even just the one to two between the Bills and the Chiefs. But fuck, man. I mean, Jacksonville might be able to hang around and stay in that three, four, five if they can pull off and win the division. Or they might be able to get a six spot with a wild card. I mean, that that's that is no longer like like uh we've been drinking all day long and now we're just spewing bullshit. No, that's a real take for a team like the Jaguars. No, it's very real. Um the the schedule gets pretty difficult for the Jags in the back half of the season, like last six games, like they have to play the Chiefs, um, they have to play the mm-hmm. Titans twice. Right. And and we and you talked about that last episode. It's like, hey, go get your wins now. Go rack right. it up. Yeah, so so you know, we'll see, but but yes, I mean if they eat right now, uh they can definitely uh make things interesting. Um wanna shout out the NFC West for having all four teams be two and two. Uh, all four NFC West teams are two and two. Technically, the 49ers are top of the division, but basically no one's top of the division. Um, so uh, that one is still wide the F open. Um, and the Bucks also lead their division with a two and two record. Um, uh, you know, the NFC South is is kind of weird right now because the Falcons are also two and two. Um, but then the Panthers and the Saints are one and three. So uh, just nobody's really good in that division either, it appears. Um, what do you think of the Vikings, Dom? I mean, they're three and one, you know, I mean, Kirk Cousins looks good, weirdly enough. Like, I mean, he, he always looks good in the first half of seasons, I feel like, but, but I mean, you know, <laughs> just keep, yeah, just keep him up. Well, I'm looking at the Vikings schedule and I see one primetime game against the Patriots and that's really it though. So that's great for Kirk Cousins because primetime Kirk is not the guy. I, I think they're legit though. I mean, you absolutely, you, we, we came into the season, you know, talking a lot of split between Green Bay and Minnesota and you know Green Bay has obviously some issues on offense there's no Devontae Adams the defense hasn't started to click yet so it's like basically Aaron, it's it's Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard being the big primary and AJ Dillon you know being the primary weapons for uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay I I think this is the Vikings division to lose I think they are legit 
I think they're a very legit team. I, I don't I don't know how far they they make it in the playoffs because it's it's hard for me to try to sit here and tell you that the the Vikings have a chance to win the NFC Championship when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. It just like. Uh, again, I'm sober right now, so I, if I was drunk, maybe I could say that and, and start to back it up a little bit, but I can't. Uh, but I like them. I like them a lot. I think they're 3-1 and one for, for all the right reasons. I don't think they've been handed anything. Uh, I mean, their only loss was a thumping by the NFL's best team. Uh, you know, a little concerning that close loss to the Lions. But the Saints are a very good team. Or they're they're a good team compared to what their record shows. You know, I think the Saints are one and three. Saints are not that bad. They just had some unfortunacy in there. You know, but I, I go back to that Week One win against the Packers. I like the Vikings there. Justin Jefferson is the truth. He is him. Uh, and I, 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 I would expect them to stay right in that top three when the season ends. I think uh, what's interesting, too, is that, like, so the Commanders are, like, technically in the worst spot. Um, you know, they're they're last in the NFC playoff standing. I don't think the Commanders are that bad of a team. Like, I think the Commanders are definitely better than, like, the Houston Texans, like, you know, on the other side, like, on the AFC side, who's, you know, at the bottom of the team. I'd say the Commanders are better than, like, the, the Patriots, even. I could even say that right now, and I feel confident about saying that, which is just weird. It just goes to show that the NFC is uh, is is pretty, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, parity right now, a lot of, you know, similar weight classes, and, um, you know, and, and that's what's wild, too. I mean, the Cowboys being 3-1, and one, you know, without Dak Prescott, they would you would think, like, oh, well, if they're 3-1, they're probably leading the division. No, the Eagles are very legit. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, well, that's, also, speaking think- of... Big shout! I mean, besides just having a great name, Cooper Rush, kind of balling for for Dallas right now. Um, what if, dude, that, Dak Prescott? You might be out of town, buddy. Like, I don't know. That's, <laughs> this that's is fun. The, that's the that's the the media buzz that everyone is uh, is discussing. But the, the I will say, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy has said like, no, Dak is not like. The moment Dak can play, he's playing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I, t- I take but, this from our from our a, a literal person who covers the Cowboys for his job. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'll I'll take your word on that. But it is fun to be- it is fun to believe it, right? Though, like the the average Joe Schmo who's out there, like me, who doesn't follow the Cowboys, it is fun to believe that there's a world where Cooper Rush does make a start when Dak Prescott comes back. Well, it's also there's also a world in which you know Cooper Rush you know wins like four or five straight games and then Dak comes back. The trade deadlines in November. Cowboys, you know, to deal, you know, Cooper Rush to a team that maybe, you know, hits hits an injury at the quarterback position as well, you know, like let's say I don't know, like the damn uh let's say the Vikings lose Kirk Cousins or let's say Tom Brady goes down in Tampa, you know, I mean I, I think I think Cooper Rush could be moved around this season, which would uh make for something really interesting too. Um but he's kind of the Gardner Minshew of the season, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the backup quarterback darling, yep. you know. Him and Geno Smith just been uh, absolutely balling. Um When is uh what once the latest when Dak is supposed to return? Is there an outlook on that? Well, so there was a uh, there was conversation and kind of the the Cowboys are kind of I, I would say leading on their fans with the way that they're talking about Dak's recovery because last week it was like yeah we think Dak could play against the Giants we think he could and then like he doesn't and then this week it was like yeah you know Dak uh, has a good outlook for making it back for the Rams game um, he didn't practice he's not practicing in full today he's not going to and they've already confirmed it I don't you know what though I don't so. I I don't think they need him for the Rams game the Rams might not be that good. 
I'm Rams sorry. That, that Rams defense, guess what? I, I hate to do it to, to a Florida State guy, and I know have you probably enjoy a little solace in this because he is a former Jag who talks some shit. Jalen Ramsey's been getting diced the fuck up this season. He yeah, looks he looks like booty cheeks. And I know he's well, not. I know he's a premier corner, but goddamn, has he been getting cut up this season? Well, it's it's funny because like his stats are still very fairly solid on the year. Like they're pretty like, you know, to his norm, I would guess. But the thing is is like it seems like every highlight reel that the Rams are Rams defense is involved in includes, you know, Jalen just getting torched or getting his ankles broke i.e the the insane debo samuel touchdown unbelievable uh, yeah i mean debo's back by the way if you if you forgot about debo he's like fully in 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 top form and and looks great and the 49ers don't look bad i mean you know they're two and two but but uh jimmy Garoppolo. i i know i think they're trending and they're trending in all the right directions Mm mm-hmm yeah, so, um, but yeah, uh, no, I mean, Jalen, yeah, the, the Rams had some questions to answer. Part of that is on the defense. Part of that is on the offense. Uh, Matt Stafford has not been especially good these first four games, and they can't run the ball to save their life. Um, so it's, uh, it, I think, you know, maybe teams are figuring them out a little bit, you know, um, uh, which, you know, that happens after Super Bowl seasons and whatnot. But yeah, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't fully rule them out just yet because they are the they have enough talent on that team mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're two and two right now. They could end up like 13 and four. I really do think so that they could run 11 and two the rest of the way or something. Um, but yeah, they've got questions. That's for sure. Uh, I do have um I'm gonna go to our docket. Just make sure there's nothing I need to touch on before I get to this. I do have a a loser leave town matchup this week. I love trying to pick these out because I do love a good loser leaves town. You could almost look at the Thursday night game as it is, but being that the that the Broncos are two and two, uh, I don't think if even if they lose to the one two and one Colts, it's the, you know they're they're screwed. I think the Colts season might already be done, you know, but a win would certainly help. I'm gonna look at that. 1 p.m. Fox matchup we have here, Ev, the 1-3 and Lions at the 1-3 and Patriots in Gillette. How the, the Detroit Lions, Ev, I'm going to, I was re, uh, listening to a podcast this morning. Uh, who, who has the number one offense in the NFL right now? The Detroit Lions. Bingo. Like, and I, that is, that is a legit stat. Jared Goff has a higher, uh, Oh, and I'm gonna butcher the stat. Damn it! There's something. Jared Goff. There's. A, I'm just gonna say it I'm generically. There's a stat that gen, that Jared Goff has that is better than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I can't. But like, I can't believe. It. I don't think it's passing well, yards or it's QBR. Leads. He currently leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. Okay, so, so maybe that's what it is. So yeah, it's just it, like Jared Goff in this offense is amazing, and Amon Ross St. Brown is supposed to be back in the receiving yeah. core for the Lions. I just feel, I feel so bad because the Lions have had some close losses, like that shootout, uh, like a ninety point total in that shootout, forty eight forty five loss of the Seahawks, twenty eight twenty four loss of the Vikings, thirty eight thirty five to the Eagles. The Lions just they they can't win close games, and I love Dan Campbell, I really do, but you got to win those games, man. And I'm like, you're going against a Patriots team, you should beat. The Lions lose the, to the Patriots. I think it's over. You absolutely have to call the season in Week Five for the Lions. It's done, and I think yeah, you'd say, uh, say the same for the Patriots. Yeah, Jared Goff uh, stat line for the year: uh, eleven hundred twenty-six passing yards, two eighty-one a game, uh, eleven touchdowns, three picks. Um, 
uh, sacked five times. Um, what's interesting about this is that his QBR, his total QBR rating, you know, the adjusted QB rating, um, is not very good. It's a 67.1 despite all these crazy numbers. So I do think that, you know, while Jergoff has done his job well, it is worth noting, you know, maybe looking deeper into what kind of offense the Lions are running and what they're really doing. Um, they're getting into these shootouts as well, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're not playing great defenses, and, and they're getting in these shootouts. So uh, Jared Goff has obviously looked good. I'm not taking anything away from him to start the season, but but definitely one to uh, keep in mind. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I think the Lions – I think Campbell's in an interesting position too because I, I really think that, you know, for them – if they win like seven games, that's a great year. You know what I mean? Like, because they won three games last year, just like the Jags did. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, but but starting one and four isn't going to help your case. And like, and just it's it's frustrating because I think we both like I, I don't I, unless you have some ailing um you know discrepancy against the the Lions, which I don't think you do have. Uh, like I don't. You know, like I want to see Dan. I like Dan Campbell a lot. I like his rah 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 kind of figure. I want to see the Lions be okay. But you can't. You can't be one and four and you know and like you yeah you can squeeze out five six and if that's good for you you keep your job whatever but the line like the lines could fuck around and maybe if if like they strung some of these wins together we might be talking about the lions being the second best team in the north possibly having a wild card or competing with the packers you know like but we they lose this game we, we don't get to have that conversation and i fully expect them to beat the Patriots here, but it's just not a guarantee, you know, because you're probably getting Zappy as the starting quarterback unless Mac comes back and, and is is good to go or whatnot. If we get into a shootout again, the Lions haven't given me any reason to believe they can win shootout games. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's the thing is that the Lions are a team that haven't done it. They're a culture of losing, kind of like the Jaguars have been a culture of losing. You know, they're they're a team that you know, have not done it. The Patriots, at the very least, you know, that was a team that went to the playoffs last year, you know, even with a lot of transition. This is a team that has still had their back up against the wall and and, and had to win games. And, and I think that, you know, Belichick is probably, it, it's just so hard to, to, to kind of bet against Belichick at home and in this type of situation. So I don't really see the Lions getting the win here that we're talking about, but I do think that that's not necessarily a cause for panic. It's just... You know, the there it's it's going to be a tough growing, you know, uh uh period for that team. Um I really think that the Lions are gonna be a problem next year though. I mean I really do think that like on their current trajectory, they will be dangerous next year. Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. For for the city of Detroit, man, I sure hope they so. Need it. Uh I think we are oh, one more one more topic and we gotta give uh gotta give a shout out to the boat. In the Rest quietest retiring ever. Blake Bortles, nice done. Prince. Mm. I miss I miss him already. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's Blake Bortles is a polarizing figure, right? I mean, you know, in, in many cases considered to be, you know, one of the, you know, in terms of quality to pay, one of the worst, you know, NFL quarterbacks. Like, I mean, this guy made $48 million, um, you know, over his NFL career without ever having, like, really elite seasons or anything like that. Um, but you know what? The memories that Blake Bortles gave the Jaguars um, in this fan base, uh, you know, in 2017 and in 2015, um, 
you know, really those will stick with me forever, you know? So, so yeah, I can only say thank you, you know? And, 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 you know, he was, he was fun. He was entertaining. He's like one of the guys in the NFL that you, you know, wanted to watch because whether he was going to throw a pick six or a touchdown, you knew it was going to be fun. Listen, I, I always say, I go back to the, that 20, uh, it was 2017 championship, right? The AFC one with you and the Patriots, you know, on the verge of a Super Bowl. I always say that Blake Bortles did his job too well in that AFC championship game. He scored too early. I mean, they just gave the ball back to Tom Brady with too much time, you know, and that's just, he, he's not the first and he wasn't the last quarterback to ever do that, you know. So he 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 almost wagoned the Jacksonville Jaguars on a miraculous run to the to the Super Bowl. And so that makes me wonder: Does Trent Baalke sign him to a one day contract, let him retire as a Jaguar? I don't think he earned that. Um, I Ooh, love Blake okay, to death. Okay, okay. I, I love Blake to death, but he is not a uh, gets to retire with the team type of player. That may be harsh uh, for me, um, but uh, but that is. That is where I I'm indifferent. I don't, I don't give a I don't give a damn. He's not he's not my team. I just I, I think it's very it's it, you know because you everybody wants to believe like you're a fan base. You're like oh yeah, let, let him retire a team. Like no okay if, if if he didn't do a good enough job then yeah fuck him. You don't you don't get to sign somebody trying to like like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like I I have a soft spot. I think at like first snap of the finger like I would love for Ryan Fitzpatrick to have retired a bill, but like he didn't make a playoff with us. He had one good season, maybe two, if you want to go there, and he bounced around to, like, eight other teams. So, like, when that conversation came up, it's like, well, like, yeah, you want Ryan Fitzpatrick retires a bill, but, like, he didn't really do anything to deserve it. You know, we didn't make the playoffs. You know, at least, like, Blake Bortles got the Jaguars to a playoffs and almost a Super Bowl, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think it's just more funny because everybody's like, oh, I want him to retire on my team. Like, no, sometimes guys don't fucking earn that. Like, they just retire in the sunset, take your veteran pay, and get the hell out of here. And that's probably yeah, Blake I mean, Bortles' case. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Blake will always be a legend in the streets, um, you know. Uh, but, but I mean, this is, again, you know, it's just – it is what it is. He's uh, – He's 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 not the greatest quarterback ever, but he is the boat, and uh, that's uh, we can we can thank him for that. And, he can uh, now work construction and rip his cigs, baby. Yes, literally, that's what I was thinking about too. Uh, I I really hope he gets to uh, to. I mean, I think he still has his place on Jack's Beach. You know, who knows? Maybe uh, I got to go out to the bars on the uh, on uh, you know out on the beach and. Oh, I'm sure he'd be a hoot to have a drink with. I would kill for it. I would absolutely kill for it. Yeah, he may not be in the NFL Hall of Fame, but he's definitely in the uh, the the you know Beach Bar Hall of Fame. There's there's no question about that. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, good night, uh, good night, my sweet prince. You know, um, I hope uh, you enjoy retirement. Uh, good stuff. Okay, uh, one last thing. We go over to the college football. Talk a little of that before we wrap up this show. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. I'm coughing because I'm upset with with you, Jimbo Fisher. <coughs> yeah, you. Piece you, of shit. you this is how you're gonna do me, Jimbo. We did so much talk about when the Jimbo and Saban thing happened this and during the summer about like oh October eighth, undefeated. Texas A&M versus undefeated Alabama, probably like number one or number two Alabama versus like number four or five Texas A&M. But you know what, Jimbo? Screw you, dude. I hate you. I hate you, Jimbo Fisher. You messed this up for all of us, dog. All of us, Jimbo. We're supposed to have the greatest, the greatest regular season game of the year this weekend. 
But now you're three and two. Nick Saban held up his end, and they're number one in the. Uh, crime, or they are number one, right? Yeah. Okay. Alabama's number, number one two. in the country. Or are they number one? Do they go back to number one? I uh, look. look uh, this ranking on ESPN has them number one. So maybe they're okay. one in the. So there we go. Alabama held up their end of the bargain, but you lost to Mississippi State in a thrumping, and then the upset to App State. Get listen. I get it. You fell to the App State bug, but the Mississippi State loss. Are you kidding me, Jimbo? Pay. I, I guess you gotta pay. I guess you gotta pay your recruits more because you just aren't getting guys who can win. I'm just as a fan of neither of these teams and a guy who really despises Alabama. So upset that we aren't getting like at least like a one loss Texas A and M versus a no loss Alabama. Uh, you know, it's yeah, just it sucks. That matters more mm-hmm. than this does. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I. Uh, I mean, obviously, as an Alabama fan, I don't mind the fact that. Uh, you know, uh, that A&M is coming in, kind of licking their wounds and, and, and basically already, you know, done with the season. Um, you know, the, you know, I, I, A&M has given Alabama trouble since they got into the SEC. Uh, you know, I always appreciate them not being a factor. That being said, yeah, there's definitely something to be said about the, uh, the spectacle and the occasion of it all. This was, yeah, I mean, pretty much the most talked about college football game on the schedule for the entirety of the offseason due to, yeah, Jimbo and Saban going at it. And I know that they've quote-unquote buried the hatchet and things do seem fine. Um, but, you know, you always wanted, you know, a little bit of edge here, a little bit of something. Um, and uh, now, you know, we don't really have it. Uh, uh, this is a game that, you know, now you can get in for 73 bucks. It's still a decently expensive ticket, but, I mean... Well, know, was, if, do you remember exactly what that price range was when we were talking the peak of this matchup? When you it remember, was, It was probably like 200 bucks, like 250 mm-hmm. bucks. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that, you know, that, that alone goes to, to show, like, yeah, all right, this is, uh, this is kind of falling off. And then, you know, I mean, to put it in perspective, Auburn is playing Georgia... In Athens uh, this Saturday, and um, and uh, that ticket is going for one hundred fifty eight dollars. And Auburn's worse than A and M, IMHO. So I mean, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, just all around a bit disappointing. Um, but at the same time, I would love to absolutely smash A and M after what happened last year uh, and just move on because Alabama's schedule uh, unfortunately does not get much easier. Um, from here. Well, and I, I think in Alabama's case, like Saban hasn't forgotten about that, and I don't think he's gonna let like the 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 less heightened uh, intensity of this matchup like play any factor. Like I, I I'm with you. Like I and I don't want to admit this, but like I fully expect Alabama to thrump A and M. Like like and and not let off the gas pedal. I expect yeah. them to absolutely murder this team, and Nick Saban is going to get the ultimate glory out of this, and that sucks. Well, but that's just that, that's just is what it is now. It is uh it is going to uh, depend on you know if Bryce Young plays or not. Uh, right now, the the thing that the team is saying is uh is you know that yes he will play and and whatnot, or that we or think he will be able to play, but but we probably won't know that for sure until Saturday. Um, if he doesn't play, then uh, J- Jalen Milrow uh, will be stepping in. And let me tell you, if you want to watch just a just a absolute brick shit house run the ball at quarterback, that uh, that's your dude. He's uh, <laughs> he's very fun to watch. He can't throw the ball very well, but but he can uh, he can run, and uh, that's exciting. Dom, you know that that game obviously is very prevalent in the SEC, Auburn, Georgia, as I mentioned, but LSU and Tennessee. Uh, is a uh, is is very exciting as well. Oh LSU, hell yeah, it is, baby. 
LSU's ranked for the first time this season. Tennessee's sitting at eight, uh, having a great start to the year. Their uh, quarterback, uh, 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 Hooker, I can't remember his first name right now, has, has been lights out this season. This is actually a game that I'm cheering for LSU. I genuinely mm-hmm. like will be watching this game and will be really, really rooting for LSU because I really don't want Tennessee to be good and to be undefeated when they play Alabama. Um, and, and you know, and when it comes to picking two rivals to root for, uh, if it's LSU versus Tennessee, I'm taking the Tigers every day of the week. Well, is is it because when you guys sing Dixieland Delight, who I'm trying to think does. LSU comes first when you say it's a it's it's because it's it's F Auburn and LSU and Tennessee too. So are you just are you going because LSU's first and you're like you know what we hate them more, but we're but we'd rather see Tennessee lose because they're a better team this year. I'm trying to, I'm trying to equivalate how Alabama fans are picking between Tennessee and LSU. Is it is it am I just missing on this SEC thing where like Tennessee cool. is a bigger rival to Alabama than LSU? Yeah, that's what you're missing. So okay. The okay. Th- the thing, the thing is, is that like, don't get me wrong. LSU has been the more relevant rival the past decade, uh, especially past like you know half, you know, or like you know the 2010s and stuff. You know, I mean that was that was obviously Alabama versus LSU every season. Everyone knew that these two teams didn't like each other. Everyone knew that uh, you know they were always competing for national championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that really. For Alabama fans, your least favorite, uh, your your number one rival is going to kind of depend on what part of the state you live in. People who live in northern Alabama hate Tennessee more than they hate Auburn. Um, people who live in southern Alabama hate Auburn way more than they hate Tennessee, and I would say more fans in general hate obviously hate Auburn more than they hate Tennessee. But right. but Tennessee is absolutely number two if they're not number one for someone. So okay, uh, you know, see, and that, that's just that's because that, that folks that's the Northeast SEC fan talking out of me there yeah, too. I don't yeah. I don't I won't I would never have known that to be honest with well, you. Well, it's a it's a lot of it's to do with history. Alabama has played Tennessee forever and mm-hmm. ever, and has played LSU for a very long time as well. But Tennessee has also been very good for a long period of time so um yeah i mean it's that's just how it is so yeah in this case uh going for lsu that game is weirdly enough for a ranked matchup between lsu and tennessee that game is at noon um that feels like a like a night you know a a tiger stadium under the lights type of game yeah a little Uh, weird but uh, But, uh, you know what i'll take it though because let's let's not let's not make it what it is a lot of people have been giving brian kelly some shit i said hey we got to give this man some time i'll tell you what Brian Kelly is going to change a lot of opinions if he can come out and get a big win and knock off this undefeated is, Tennessee. This is a big game for Brian Kelly, and I and I fucking love love LSU in this position. I'm yeah, going to is, bet the shit out of them to cover this. Love this is, LSU. This is here. definitely the type of game that Brian Kelly needs. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's been a a bad start by any means for Kelly, but but this is the type of game that you need to really galvanize the fan base and make them see that okay, we can hang and beat. Like you know, yeah, teams that are because my my whole thing is just like when does Tennessee do Tennessee, right? Like we can't. Tennessee has not has not had the sustainable success to me where they're going to make me believe that they can run like an Alabama and be undefeated until you know they play the Crimson Tide. I I fully expect Tennessee to drop a and this isn't a dud law. I mean LSU's four and one. I mean they would be undefeated if it wasn't for the fact they lost to Florida State to start their season. Uh, but you know this that's the world we live in and here we are. And I I expect LSU to play very very well. They are at home. If we are in Knoxville, I would have a little bit of a different opinion. But I would still be like, okay, this is a game where they can get up. I fully expect LSU to win this game. 
and, and that's because I, I I have my chips in the Brian Kelly. I am sipping the Brian Kelly Kool Aid. So let's go, let's go, Tigers. We appreciate your support from across the aisle. Uh, uh, we have to talk about some top twenty-five teams. Ev, is Kansas and Syracuse football schools now? What yeah, the hell is going so. on in college football? It's uh, it's it's very fun. I mean. Uh, I want to I want to shout out Syracuse because I've never seen this. It, it's uh, I, I'll have a caveat here in a second. Are we talking about the, uh, the 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 mercy rule agreement? Yes, Syracuse and Wagner both agreed to play ten minute quarters at the end of uh, it, for the last two quarters of uh, their game on uh, this past Saturday after Syracuse was up forty nine to zero. Um, that's wild. Yeah, that's like really wild. <laughs> I, I, like, I, 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 I listen. Like being from Syracuse, you know, we know this by now. I'm, I'm a Syracuse basketball fan. Do not care about the football team at all. But man, my my Twitter feed full of like friends and people from back home who are Syracuse football fans. You would have thought of that getting that mercy rule is like us winning the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, it was just a rejoiceful celebration. And I just cannot wait until Syracuse plays someone real. <laughs> I cannot wait until that NC State matchup. Well, Syracuse is uh, two and zero. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, 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 yeah. So so three and zero against their Power Five opponents, which have been Virginia, Purdue, and Louisville. Yep. Uh, they beat the shit out of UConn and Wagner, which is what they were expected to do. Yep. You know those wins over that win over Louisville is still probably the most no, surprising. great. That, that's a great win. That's a great win. Yeah, and, and seven. I, and I got to give it to the the Purdue game was gritty, and they found a way to win a and close Purdue's game. Not bad. You know, I mean no. Purdue's not a bad team. So. Um, you know, I mean, they are they're winning games. Uh, they've got a bye week this week, Dom. They get to rest. Uh, not a bad time for it, I think, after starting five and zero. You play North Carolina State, who uh, also has a tough game this week uh, and is ranked. Uh, they are playing. Um, oh come on, I was just looking at it. Uh, oh, Florida State. Florida State and NC State play this week. So, okay. uh, you know, maybe Florida State knocks off North Carolina State and then you catch them in Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse playing four straight home games. That's that's a point I was about to make, too. It's like, how, I don't, I don't, how did that happen? How did <laughs> they get crazy. four straight home games? That's crazy. Was Dino uh, Babers, like, uh, on the scheduling committee? Like, yeah, just give us right here. Because you know what, though? But they're smart because Florida State did the same shit, Ev. You, basically, you, you backload your schedule, but you don't necessarily make it that difficult for you. I mean, Florida State's 4-1. and one. They're two games away from bowl eligibility. The, the Syracuse Orange could pull off an upset against NC State and be bowl eligible at 6-0. and oh. Yeah. Unbelievable, and then and then walking into uh, Clemson, South Carolina, uh, to, to for a road game, which I mean, you know, that's going to be extremely difficult. But I mean, shit, go win against NC State, and you're going to feel like anything's possible. And, 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 and Syracuse is being Clemson. Granted, that was in the Carrier Dome, but I mean, I've seen crazier things happen. So you know what? The, the more Syracuse wins, the more I'm going to want that agent of chaos to be like, all right, fuck it, just have a ball, like go at it, Syracuse, because it was the year they went ten and three when. Eric Dungy, Eric Dungy's final year as a quarterback for Syracuse. They beat West 
West Virginia in the uh, ca- the Camping World Bowl. Uh, they finished 12 and three that year. That was a fun Syracuse team, and you know what? The vibes around Syracuse were great because the basketball team disappointed the shit out of us. So we had something to at least hang our heads on that that year. Um, so it's it's I I'm I'm, a, I'm more more than okay with Syracuse being good at like doing well and everybody having fun. I'm just I'm not going to like jump on their bandwagon and, and start hooting and hollering for them to win games. I will enjoy it for other people, but I'm not going to take any sort of like personal overextending enjoyment, if that makes sense out of it. Well, uh, I, I hear you, Dom, and, uh, and respect to you for uh, being uh, being aware of that, being conscious of that. Dom, you had also brought up Kansas, who the Jayhawks are also undefeated. Um, they are hosting uh, College Game Day this week because they're welcoming another undefeated Big 12 team that's a bit of a surprise this year is TCU. Um, TCU's obviously been a better football school over the past two decades, but uh, they they were not necessarily expected to be good either. But uh, holy shit, did they thrump Oklahoma last week. Yeah, uh, and so this is actually going to be a very fun game, I think. I mean, don't be me wrong. Like, you know, LSU-Tennessee at noon, you got Kansas-TCU at noon. College football, to the watch, is is happening at noon on Saturday. Like, that's when you really need to be mm-hmm. tuning in. Wake up, get your ass up, uh, watch it. Because, yeah, I mean, this Kansas team, you know, gritty uh, win over Iowa State wasn't pretty, but they get it done. They've, uh, you know, beaten West Virginia. They've beaten, uh, I will say, a bad Houston team and a bad Duke team. But you're undefeated, just like Syracuse. You don't really complain. You go beat TCU. You're then on the road to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's unranked now because they're falling apart uh, after, you know, including that loss uh, to TCU. I mean, you know, T- Kansas' schedule, they've got ranked opponents in Kansas State and Oklahoma State the rest of the way. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not after TCU, I mean. Like, it's not out of the mm-hmm. realm of possibility that they, like, pull off, like, 10 wins this year, uh, which would be absurd. I don't think they've done that since, like, the early 2000s. I, I can't even tell you the last time I remember talking about, like, I can't, Evan, I can't believe we're talking about Kansas football. Kansas if you, football. Uh, here we are. You go back to the summer. We're talking about the uh, when the Jimbo Saban thing is at its height. Let's go back to that. That is, like, we are, like, I am, like, man, I cannot wait for October 8th. We're talking about this in June. Like, cannot wait for October 8th. Here we are. If you had told me Kansas football would be undefeated in October eighth, I would have been like, yeah, absolutely not. I would never even bet. I would never even bet on those odds. Like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you time traveled and you're telling me this now. Absolutely not. But here we are. I can't like. It's mind boggling. Like Kansas football is not supposed to be good at all. Is is Les Miles still? Who coaches Kansas football? Is it still less uh, there? No. Uh, it's. Uh, I think his name is Mark Leopold. Um, it's uh, Lance uh, Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold, got it. Uh, I knew the who, last name. I didn't know the first of all. But, who the hell is Lance Leopold? He's uh, he's probably the the number one coaching prospect oh. in college football. Oh, uh, he was at UB. No shit. Yeah, I should get yeah, well, you know more. You know, he, I guess uh, he is already being considered to be like, yeah, this guy's going to be hired by a major, you know, a major program uh, next season. Because um, yeah, he's just. You know, racking up the wins and, and, and doing what, you know, the Kansas uh, is, is not used to. Um, I, I didn't realize it was this far along in the season uh, or this far along in the 2000s, but Kansas actually went to the Orange Bowl in 2008. Um, they were 11 and 1 in the 07 season. Uh, Mark Mangino, if you remember that dude, the uh, large fellow who coached uh, Kansas. Uh, yeah, they were 11 and 1 that year. They won the Orange Bowl over Virginia Tech. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
I'll put it this way. They have been to one bowl game since, I think. So uh, this is, uh, this is yeah, already a, a great season. They ought to be able to, you know, at least pull out a few more wins, get to a bowl game at the very least, and say, hey, we had a good year. Um, yeah, you know, and, and it's so funny because, you, like, you, you talk to – you hear these national correspondents and all these big college football people talk about – oh, there's no disparity and, like, the college football playoff needs to expand because you just don't want the same four teams in this. Like, that that may be the case. I can't speak on that. But to be fair, this kind of chaos does absolutely break up the monotony of that conversation of, oh, it's the same top four, five, six teams making the playoff every year. Like, Syracuse football, Florida, Florida State was 4-0. Right, like there is a world where Florida State comes back and is prevalent. Florida State, LSU, these traditional powers that haven't been here to have them be good again is very, very welcoming, and I can't wait for that that day to happen. You know, and and like if Kansas football can stay relevant, give it to me. Hell yeah, it's a way to break up all that monotony. It makes the product better. You know, and like. It's kind of, you know, and it's kind of fun seeing Texas A&M be three and two. I wish they were undefeated for the Alabama matchup, but it's something that we didn't expect. You know what? So enjoy it. Noon kickoff, like Evan said, go, go get your ass up, take a nice nap, and then tune back in for the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Yeah. Um, Dom, we have breaking news. Yep. I think I know exactly what you're about to talk about, but I'll let you go. Go ahead. Breaking news. Cole Beasley is retired. Yeah, I'm literally trying to tweet it right now. <laughs> he said he got, he got the Tampa Bay and said, I do not feel like dealing with this divorce drama in my offense. I am out of here. See ya. That is so funny. That is so funny to me that he is getting, that he's retiring after like two games in Tampa. That is so funny. I, uh, you know, I think for – Cole was talking a lot on Twitter this summer just where he was like – he was getting mad at people because obviously his like anti-vax stuff, like he's always in arguments on Twitter about that. But he was saying like, I'm not getting blackballed. Like teams – like I can definitely like get on a team or whatever. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. Well, I guess he did prove a point that he can get on the team, but he, uh, he did not – yeah, did not want to uh, deal with that uh, very much longer. Um, wow, that's uh, just really funny. More than so, I'm looking at his stat line right now. He played two games total. He has four receptions for 17 yards. That is how he will go out, folks. No touchdowns or anything like that. But you know what, though? Like, Cole Beasley is forever, like, he'll forever have a place in, in my heart a little bit because he was with us during the grind years and helped us get to where we are in Buffalo. Everything until the anti-vax. Like, Cole Beasley probably would still be here, you know? He probably would have retired a Buffalo Bill if it wasn't for the anti-vax stuff, if we're being legit, you know? Like, I think he still would have been around Orchard Park more. But, yeah, it's he, he did his job with us, and I'll always remember that fondly. And, you know, for me, he's he was always a good football player, and that's how I'll choose to, rem- to let him go out. So, congratulations, yeah. Cole. Enjoy your retirement 11 seasons obviously cowboy fans definitely have an absolute right to like you know be proud of cole beasley because he was great with the cowboys too yeah no i mean he uh he that's you know that's the thing is that his best numbers actually come uh in buffalo um that's like the only time he came close to hitting a thousand receiving yards and and uh he was he was probably most utilized in a singular season in buffalo but but yeah i mean he was a uh a clutch you know just a clutch factor uh, for the Cowboys and Tony Romo um, during those uh, those like you know final seasons on uh, Romo's end and and stuff. So yeah, uh, you know I mean 
I uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a Cole Beasley fan, but uh, you know, I guess uh, congrats, you know, all the same because uh, yeah, eleven seasons and and uh, definitely you know a solid player at the very least. Um, but yeah, that's fun. Uh, what a fun way to to wrap up the show. Beautiful. I was like, because I, I, I was literally like trying to tweet it on my phone, and then you're like, breaking news. I was like, oh, I know exactly, because I was about to do the same thing too. I was thinking that there was other breaking news, and you were going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, Cole Beasley's trying. No, I was talking about Jimbo Fisher was fired from Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but that's. Uh, I think that's a great way to end it off. I think we've covered everything here. Ev, let's put a ribbon and a bow on this and send them on our way to a great weekend of sports coming up. Yeah, uh, if you guys would like to go talk to us about Cole Beasley's impending retirement, um, you can go to twitter.com and uh, follow at Down In Out Podcast, uh, D-O-W-N-N-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can go on there, follow us, tweet at us, uh, do whatever you want, really. We just appreciate the engagement. And while you're doing that, you can also go give us a uh, five-star review on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever podcast streaming service you are using to listen to this podcast. And while you're giving us some love, uh, please go shout out uh, JD Masters and Buddha. You can look them up on YouTube, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, and, you know, again, anywhere you stream your music, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, those places where you can also find our podcast as well. Uh, go give them some love as well. I do actually, um, I found this distinction out for the Apple users here who listen to like Apple Music. Remember, actually, uh, you can find us on Apple Music, but it has to be in the podcast section. It is easier to find if you have the podcast app via Apple from Apple. That is where it is a lot easier to go and directly find us. You can give us the five-star rating there, which we greatly, greatly appreciate. helps uh, promote our podcast more. So if you're an Apple-exclusive person, use the podcast app. It'll be a little bit easier to find us and listen to us and keep up with us. Everything sounds great, though. Uh, we appreciate all of them working with us. And, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for always listening. We can't wait to be back next week. Recap what I'm sure is going to be another eventful weekend of sports. Evan, any parting words to give to the people? Um, no, not really. Just uh, go Braves, go Jags, uh, roll Tide. Uh, um, you know, and uh, we uh, we appreciate y'all sticking with us. You know, uh, we know that. The uh, upload time now is a bit less inconsistent, but honestly, I think it's a lot better for me and Dom, and I feel like we're putting out better episodes. So mm-hmm. um, quality, you know, uh, quality over quantity is where me and Evan shifted to, and we appreciate you guys uh, support trying to you know give your give your support on that because we do. I agree with that. I think it's going to be better in the long run, and I think everybody's going to appreciate it more. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, other than that, I'm good. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been down and out. And until next time, Arrivederci. Later. Spit like a llama, take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga. So check me out, fill me up and watch me bounce. Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse. Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house. Trust hip hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse. Or at least a concubine. If in front of my God feel divine, I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine. Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line. That's how I am feeling. Keep growing like a giant go through the ceiling man in the mirror double dog
something special when I bring the energy like it's a powwow. Besides, find a man, page your face, cause you a damn clown. Look around, only one that is, and I'm a wagon now. The name is Buddha, bitch. Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that is, and I'm a wagon now. <laughs>